Hello out there world, welcome to episode 22 of the Modern Educator Podcast. This is your host, Corey Brown, and this is a very special episode of the Modern Educator Podcast. Uh, I have a returning guest, uh, my good friend James Kapersky is here with me again, and uh, we don't, we, we want to break up the, the normal setting of my interview podcasts, and uh, th- we are recording this on the last day of school of the 2020-2021 school year, and we really want to especially have a long-form conversation to talk about what did we learn from teaching during the pandemic. Um, is there anything you want to add to the introduction, James? It's been a ride. It's been a really, really interesting ride. Um, I've learned a lot about myself and a lot about how students learn this year. As have I. Really excited to share that with your listening audience. Thanks. Thanks, James. And uh, I think it also is quite telling that you were uh, my guest on episode 14 of the podcast. We recorded it the day before this school year started. Yes, we are bookending the dumpster fire that was <laughs> 2021. Yeah, so we, we had uh, our predictions at the start of the year, and here we are now at the end of the year to talk about what did we learn and uh, usually this podcast is a positive, engaging, you know, cheering on future educators kind of podcast. But maybe at this very special episode, we might might go into some dark places. <laughs> well, I think you can you can view this year as this is probably the worst it will ever be. Yes. And what can we glean from that? What can we take? and make ourselves better educators from this experience and what worked and what maybe didn't work as well. Yeah, okay, so um, let's let's just start out with uh, kind of what surprised us throughout the year. I think that's a good way to get this started. So um, I was honestly surprised at how so many students figured out the technology relatively yeah, on their own really quickly yeah that was that was surprising also for me as a teacher being kind of thrust into using a system fully online we used canvas yep um and i i'm trying to remember if they call it a lms yeah an lms learning management system yeah and so that learning curve was exceptionally steep but once we got the school year rolling it was very easy and i I definitely want to incorporate it in everything I do in the future. Yeah. Yeah, I I know we're required to use Canvas next year, even though we're going to be largely in person. Um, But I'm okay with Canvas, too. I I mean, I've always been kind of a digital guy, but uh, I I expected there would be more student headaches throughout the year of, Mr. Brown, I don't know how to do the thing on Canvas. But a lot of them figured it out. Yeah, Canvas so. was very user friendly. Yeah. For and also for the teacher, like in yeah. creating the classroom shells and uploading lessons, and I I found it to be very very user friendly. Yeah. Okay. Um, let me think about some more. What what positive surprises? Things you you didn't expect that uh, may maybe were for the better in some way. Um, well, you know, something I'll say is this. I think that uh, online learning is very good for the kids who are sort of constantly on the go. Yeah. Like, I have this one student who's in, like, really high-level gymnastics competitions. And I think online learning was absolutely in her advantage. Because normally she would miss, you know, huge swaths and weeks of school at a time. But now she can just log in from a hotel room in Alaska or something and still participate. And move at their own pace. Yeah. Yeah, I I think what surprised me in, in the most positive and enlightening <sighs> way was seeing the creativity that kids brought to the table when given the opportunity. Um, first semester, I had a lot of projects where kids could um, create visual representations um, and would use very funny meme-esque visuals to represent um like beethoven and mozart they used characters from this anime called jojo's bizarre adventure to create this sort of 
uh, battle between the two composers. And I, it was just, it cracked me up and made me smile and yeah. kind of took me away from the day in, day outness <laughs> of teaching from home that was, you know, the first three fourths of the year. Well, I, honestly, it really was basically the whole year because we did True. we did return to a kind of in person learning s- uh, session in the last two months of the year, but I only had maybe ten percent of my students return. I yeah, I usually only maybe saw one or two in any yeah. given class, and some sometimes there was no one at school, and so I was just teaching from the classroom, which is not as easy as teaching from home because my computer setup is far superior yes mine as well um and uh what what would you say do you have any more positive surprises from the school year so for me um i taught music appreciation elements and music history for the first semester as directed by our school and then uh, through the utilization of my colleagues and friends, was able to get a lot of instruments checked out to students so that way they could play and learn from home. So I transitioned that semester into um, teaching instrumental music, beginning piano, beginning guitar. And what impressed me the most were those students that rose to the challenge and watched all of my pre-recorded lessons and were engaged during the Google Meets and learned an instrument in half the amount of time, essentially on their own. Those students that were committed and rose to the challenge really kicked butt and are really good players now. And I just am incredibly grateful to those students for sticking it out and not giving up. And I just am incredibly impressed with the, the kind of work that they presented. Um, that, would, that would be my big takeaway from the back half of the oh, year. Because maybe you had the thought or belief that maybe no students would master an instrument. I was worried. Because wow. when you're teaching a beginning level instrument, you really need to be able to demonstrate immediately you have to diagnose what the student is not doing correct from a technique standpoint and not being able to fix hands. Normally, when I'm working with a guitarist, like I'll help place their hand onto the fretboard um, because it's all physical. And for the student to only be able to just see it is quite, quite limiting. Mm. And not having that one-on-one sort of lesson feel makes it very difficult to learn an instrument in that situation but you know i had a chunk of kids that just really rose to the occasion thankfully Hmm. nice all right are we ready to to get negative here because i've got plenty to say i still i still think we can we can assess honestly and frankly but look at what happened and you know learn from yeah and that's that's our goal here like i don't i don't want to discourage anybody from entering the educational profession with this but i'll 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 honestly assess how the year went yeah well and you know there's this is just a really um open and honest frank discussion about online education yeah because every single student and every single teacher was thrust into this situation so you know we need to be honest about it yes reflective and let me tell you i did not expect the close to zero participation i got most days i wrongly assumed that kids would be willing to turn on their cameras turn on their mics type in the chat share ideas really use me during my office hours but for the most part with a few student exceptions I was, there was no participation on the student's end. I sort of bribed my kids into participating in guitar. I ran an experiment where I offered kids the opportunity to pass off playing tests by participating on Fridays. So we typically had two playing tests a week and for the, for the, the final test of the week, if kids would go camera on and follow along and show me 
the skill with cameras. I had some classes where I'd have like 12 kids or more, all cameras on, guitars in hand, following along. But that's still a third of your class. Uh, yeah. Um, okay. Like half of the kids that were showing up for the Google Meet were participating in certain sections. And I was, I was actually really happy with that. Because the grades in my guitar class were better than in my piano class, surprisingly, because of that opportunity for the kids to get passed off by participating and having that interaction. But, but well, I still want to add this, though, James. In a normal school setting, if I only have a third of my students participate, oh, that's, yeah. that's a failure. That's a failure. And here you're you're praising the third. Because it was better. It was better than nothing. (laughs) Um, Yeah. No. For me, I it was like my hands were tied as as instrumental music teacher, not being able to get that one on one. Because normally students would come up to the front of the room, sit at my desk, and we would play through their tests. And I would walk them through it one-on-one like you would do in a lesson. Like if you went to take a guitar lesson at Guitar Center or at a music store. Um, And so my class is very different than what you might do in like a math class. Because your math teacher is probably not bringing you to the front to work one-on-one on on a math problem. Uh, So in that regards, I couldn't do that. I couldn't do what I normally do at school so i had to replicate that through kind of the group lesson mentality and it worked for me for the kids that actually wanted to participate i did have other kids that would record themselves and just turn it in on their own and that's cool like maybe they didn't want to have their camera on in front of everybody which is what we were sort of directed to do although (laughs) one of the frustrations of the year was getting a directive and then it immediately changing, and then it changing again because the district people would yes. decide one thing, the school would decide another. And it, there was no uniformity. I mean, I don't, I don't want to point the finger of blame solely at our administration or at even at our district because I think some of the stuff came down from the governor. So there, there really was a lack of definitive decision making. Oh yeah, um, and uh, it's it's hard for me to. <laughs> say who's it to blame but it was it was a mess it was a mess we made the best of the situation we were dealt correct um and well but here let's let's keep on that last topic though uh i was surprised that kids who i had in person last year who were active engaged kids they just i think there was a a social block there's something that teenagers have where they don't want to turn their cameras on and their mics on because they become sort of the the sole focus of the entire class and i think that there's this socialization struggle that i failed to really recognize that teenagers don't want to be put in the spotlight no um because plenty of times in the regular classroom Kid will raise their hand, I'll go over and I'll have kind of a private interaction with them. But in an online classroom, if a kid goes camera on, mic on, they become everybody's attention. Right, because the the Google Meet literally Yeah, the Google Meet highlights their image. They become the main focus of the screen, and kids were uncomfortable with that. Did you find that kids would participate via typing into the Google Meet chat more than... Talking? Oh, all the time. Yeah. But... They're still, like, uh, James, there were multiple kids, like, easily 25% of my students who never spoke to me once, who never turned on their videos once, and who never typed an individual question to me in the chat once. Yeah. It's completely the same way. This this is the most unexpected thing from this year. And the sad thing is, you could ask me about any individual student I've had over the last decade and say... You know, Corey Brown, there's this one kid you taught in South Korea. Uh, tell me something about him. And I'll tell you, you know, something about their personality, something about their interests. Like, I really value the relationship building with my students. And this year, I did succeed in relationship building with some students who I've never met before. 
it did happen but because there was no i don't know mandatory participation there are about 25 percent of my students i i can tell you nothing about them nothing for me it's probably half half but you have to you have to understand that half of my kids never showed up and i i had quite a few of those too i recently finalized my grades and there's I think there is one student who has been on my roster the entire year who never did a single assignment, never attended a single class. And I informed the administration and the authorities on high because of the pandemic. I think that that kid was just never addressed. Well, there's, a, there's a huge chance that that student doesn't even live here anymore. Yeah. And they just are still on the roster. Yeah. It's, it's a mess. Yeah. Yeah. Um... But yeah, no, this, uh, the, the lack of student participation. I know that next year they said in all future online classes, kids will be required to have camera on, mic on. And if kids don't attend, I think it's like as few as five classes. If they miss five classes, they're automatically taken out of online learning and put into in-person learning. Because, yeah, the, the uh, absentee rate was unbelievable Ridiculous. during this year and the, and the thing is the kid doesn't even have to leave their house hell the kid could be sick and still attend school anyway well for attendance purposes at our school at least they didn't technically have to go to the google meet yes they could have just filled out the attendance form for the day and half my kids didn't even bother to do that <sighs> yeah and uh what, what also is was totally unexpected was like in a regular school environment if I have a kid who misses a test, mm -hmm. I have it in the, the back of, or in my, right on my desk, my teacher desk, I have these little uh, slits where I put the kind of the extra tests and I have a little note to myself like, okay, next Monday, see if, you know, those students who missed the test are there and give them the test and they'll make up the test. But uh, throughout this year, multiple of my students never attempted some of my tests. And I reminded them constantly. I, I, I shared the test constantly. I said, okay, I give you permission. Log out of the Google Meet right now. Spend the next hour of your life. Take this test. And numerous students never did it. Never even tried. I think the, the most shocking thing for me is that Canvas will automatically mark missing grades. And it is a huge red flag in the bottom lower right part of the screen it says these are what you are missing this is the grade you received on everything in this class i just i would mention it to my students repeatedly i'm like check your canvas page see what you're missing do you need to turn stuff in do you need help and parents could just very easily look at that any given day and just say hey why haven't you done this yet to their student and they just didn't happen from from an accountability like stance on the parenting end and on the student end themselves and i can say i can mention to the students till i'm blue in the face to check your canvas and see what you're missing but ultimately the student has to make that choice yeah to turn in the work and get it done and this year just caused a, a tremendous breakdown in that because normally in person the student can't avoid me. Yes. Like, I can get... Yes. I can get in their face. I, I wouldn't get in their face, but I can be in their physical presence and say, hey, sit at my desk. We're going to do this together. I'm going to get you through. Yeah. I couldn't do that with these kids. Yep. And it there, were, there was nothing more than I would have loved to have somehow teleported myself into those students' living rooms and been like hey kid take this test right now i'm watching you and they would have done it right because they've done it in my classroom for the last decade when i feel that parents have relied on teachers so much to be that driving force and this year we were subtracted out of the equation our yep. physical presence was subtracted and this is what we were left with no yeah. kids that were not motivated and for me personally, I don't think you can motivate someone. You can give them a good reason to do something or a painful reason not to. But ultimately, motivation does have to stem from the individual. 
they have to make that choice. You cannot make that for them. And it just, that, that became the forefront issue is, you know, students logging in to class, students doing the work, students moving through the tests. Um, I know that you created a ton of videos a ton of content probably a thousand hours of video. yeah you did an insane amount and the students have to move through that on their own at their pace and i did my master's degree as an online program and it was hard because i had to keep myself accountable i had no one else sitting on my shoulder and it was all online virtually it was never i never saw a person's face i moved at my own um at my own speed i did group projects with people that i never met from around the country and so i understand what the kids went through and i i can see why that breakdown occurred if if parents don't instill in their kids and their in their children that desire to be successful and that desire to learn and we as teachers don't facilitate that like to make it enjoyable and engaging yeah the kids are going to check out and they're they might log into the google meet but never actually pay attention to it well and then there's multiple times where kids logged into the google meet and i'm a hundred percent i know this is exactly what happened they log into the google meet they mute the Google Meet, and then they just get on their phone, or they lie down in bed, or they turn on the TV or and watch something. Or they watch Grey's Anatomy. Or they watch Grey's Anatomy time. for the seventh time. Students told me all about that, um, because and the way that I would know is at the end of my Google Meet, or maybe I'd end the meet like five minutes early, and I'd be like, "All right, everybody, we're all done. See you later." And you know, the kids would kind of type in the chat, say bye, and they would log out, log out, log out. And then there'd be like still those two kids left oh, over yeah. in the Google Meet, and like. Hey, John and Jane, do you have any questions for me? And there'd be no response. I'm like, wait, they're ghosts. <laughs> like, yeah. they're not actually paying you attention. Got, you got ghosted. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I didn't, I didn't think that would happen, but it did. Um, and let, let me actually elaborate your comments about parents earlier. That parents were kind of put into a more highlightened role during this, uh, this uh, pandemic. Um, I had more parent interactions this year than uh, almost the whole of my career combined. Um, yeah, maybe that's a little too much, but still, most of the, the biggest amount of parent interactions ever. And most of those interactions were negative. I mean, I, I don't want to get too big into the drama, but I had a parent basically go to war with me this year because the parent was consuming the content in my class right alongside her daughter. And I didn't expect that would happen at all. Like I, I've created content about the history of the world that I intend for you know, 14, 15 year olds. And uh, I would like to say that my content is very broad and not very uh, specific on certain issues. And the parent had a major concern with that, that my content in some ways didn't go too deep and in some ways was too shallow um i i stand by every choice i made i was following nevada state standards i was doing my job but uh ultimately the parent was so upset with the subject matter that i was teaching the parent actually uh, got involved with the school and pulled the daughter out into a different class and like i'll tell you that would have never happened if we were doing in-person learning well, right, because the content you're delivering is in person and consumed right there. Yeah. Um, I think part of the issue is that maybe some of the information you presented or the way in, you present, way in which you presented it was taken out of context. Uh, you're 100% correct, but, you know, like, I, I would have thought there would be more understanding parents, but this year I... Gosh, and I've had other parents who are coming at me because their their child didn't get a good grade, and like, well, you're also teaching AP, which yeah is your high flyer students that want to go on to like the Harvards of the world, and so their parents are probably a little helicoptery in trying to get their kids 
but shoot for the stars. It was it was more helicopter than usual. See, I was completely on the opposite end of the spectrum because I I just teach the broad swath nine through twelve mix every period, and I can't even really remember any parent wow. interaction from this year. Maybe one. Yeah, I mean, it was mostly just the students contacting me directly. The ones that were engaged and were trying to learn actually advocated for themselves pretty well. And I did have some kids that took advantage of the in-class, like, one-on-one time that I built in and some of the sort of, like, office hours-ish time. Not as many kids as I would like, but I was able to help some kids, you know, move from F's to A's just by getting them through the content and helping them get through the skills that maybe they weren't able to teach themselves, but I was able to work with them one-on-one to get them through. And it it was remarkable, those kids that did show up for the in-person, how many of those kids I was able to help mm-hmm. and just very rapidly get them through. Because they had, they had like the basis of the skill of the physical skills they needed. Um, like on guitar, when you talk bar chords, these are chords where your your pointer finger and your left hand has to press all six strings at once. And it's very taxing, very tricky kind of chord. Um, and then you're building shapes beneath that with the other remaining fingers. So that skill is really tricky. Um, for those kids that did show up in person, I was immediately able to help them fix it so that way they could get a nice, clear, clean sound out of their bar chords. Those kids that were completely virtual and I never got to work with in person struggled. Like it's just, it's a hard physical concept. I can't imagine how challenging teaching dance or PE would have been this year. I think we maybe mentioned that in the- Yeah, we did in in the the previous. In the previous episode. I, I just, in retrospect now, looking back at it, looking back at it, I don't know how they did it. Oh, I asked students throughout the year, and they said that uh, their PE teachers asked them to keep uh, physical logs, mm-hmm. and kids would just openly lie on them. Kids lie? Yeah, believe it or not. Yeah, my students, uh, they said that, uh, the, the, the girl admitted this happened, she forged all of her jogging logs and sent those to her PE teacher and uh, one of the PE teachers saw the jogging log and the kid claimed they did a four minute mile hmm. it's like oh you just set a world record didn't you that's epic so huh yeah um okay so let's let's go back on the negative <laughs> negative uh, outcomes of this year um Something something that I just didn't expect was so many kids lost all motivation to participate. Yeah. And there were many students who I taught in person last year, kids that got fives on the AP Human Geo test. This year I taught them again in AP World. And I saw, over the course of the year, I saw their motivation, their their work ethic, drop and drop and and three kids who i got fives got fives from me last year did not elect to take the ap test this year and all of them are, are, are very academically capable i think they all would have had a real shot of passing the test but for whatever reason they did not take the test and yeah I, I i'm in the same boat in that i had quite a few former beginning guitar kids take beginning piano and a huge chunk of them were seniors now. And seeing which which of those kids really like soared and took off. And then some of those kids that were amazing as beginning guitarists just completely shut out shut down and tu- tuned out for piano. And it's just because of the setting. Like yeah. they are amazing kids and super hard workers and easily could have aced the class in person just got f's because they checked out and it's so depressing because you know that they're better than that yep 100 percent. and they just accepted it and there was nothing i could do because they just weren't 
showing up. I couldn't talk to them. I couldn't, I couldn't get them back on track. Their, their train completely derailed. Well, and this is why I think a lot of that happened. Now, some people are going to say like, oh, the pandemic said that the kids needed to work to support the family. And there, there might've been some cases of that. And there might've been some cases of uh, dealing with home problems at home. And I know a couple of kids who that applies to, but I'm of the strong opinion that most students who checked out did so because watching TikTok videos and watching Grey's Anatomy is more fun than being in Mr. Brown's AP World class or Mr. G or Mr. Kapersky's guitar class. Right. Um, and I think that we failed. Th this is what we failed to recognize uh, when we were planning this year as a district. The main reason why kids go to school isn't to learn. It's no. to hang out with their friends. Yeah. It's to do fun stuff. I mean, that's why I go to school. And we didn't even try to give kids a space where they could freely interact with other kids. I, I think you provided some of that, though. You... I, I did. I tried in my office hours... I played this popular video game called Among Us yeah. with my students, and that really was, uh, yes, and that was uh, their kind of social engagement, and I was, you know, really encouraging that. Um, I also really encouraged my students to create Discord channels so they could talk to each other, and students mentioned that they did, um, but I, think, let me ask this question, did any kid make friends with another kid in their class this year not with kids they didn't already know right i had some right? kids that would like have the witty banter amongst friends they already knew i did have maybe a freshman or two that would like kind of comment on other kids stuff which was nice but there was never a time where students were like playing for each other because that just it, it the kids didn't get to see each other perform which is such an an integral important piece yeah. in a performing arts class the kids need to get up and show the skill that they've developed normally my kids would be doing that two times a quarter and getting up and introducing themselves and rocking out playing and performing and then the kids would support one another. And then that way they'd get that validation of their learning and of their skill and of the time they put in. The, the validation part was completely absent. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, the kids don't feel a connection to each other, not feeling a connection to the school. And it, it's just kind of demoralizing in some regards. Yeah. And so I hope that when we get back to the majority of the kids back in person next year, masks off, fingers crossed, knock on wood, that we can reset to what it used to be and give kids the opportunity to make friends. Because there's kids on our campus. I have one, one child that came partway into the year and she had mentioned how, yeah, I just moved here and I know no one. That's so sad. Yeah, it's really depressing. And I I just I, I hope we can get this get this ship back on course. Yeah, there was so much effort on how can teachers deliver content, how can learning occur, that we put no effort on what motivates kids to learn. Yeah, what's gonna make them successful and engaged. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't have any easy recommendations, but I think it would have been smart if uh, we just cre created these like social hangout groups virtually for kids to join. Um, if we really pushed some kind of like virtual meetups more and more, had like Netflix watch parties that kids could attend. Like th these ideas should have happened because without the socialization factor, there's not a good reason for teens to go to school. Yeah, I don't, I don't know that educational leaders ever consider that, though. <laughs> At least right. not here in this district. <laughs> All they care about is the pass rate. 
they don't care about why kids pass. And they budgets. just like they don't yeah. think about kid like the the <laughs> the well being of the child. They're just yeah. concerned with are you graduating? Well, hold on. They did think of the well being of the child when we had our uh, homeroom class every Wednesday, oh. but that class wasn't designed very well. Um, it really didn't have the social and emotional learning in mind. It was just a, hey, kids, we're going to show the school announcements and watch a video. Do you have any questions? And they all just bailed. Yeah. That was uh, interesting. The, well, and the reason why that didn't work out was because it was so structured. Like, it was, and it was nothing engaging about the structure, though. Yeah, and, like, it, it really should have been reorganized to be like, okay, Kids, there's a hundred meets. You have to join one of them. This is the meet where they're gonna talk about anime, and this is the meet where they'll talk about oh, basketball. Yeah. This is the meet they'll talk about uh, acting. Well, like, and that would have really helped. I'm I'm excited that our school is offering these really cool day camps. Yes. These next couple weeks, and I think you're teaching one of them. Board games. Yeah, and I've got a friend that's teaching sewing, and like they're. <laughs> They're skills and activities that the kids can just make friends doing. Yep. And I think it's super cool. If I wasn't going to be lying on a beach in Mexico, <laughs> I would be right there with you, probably teaching cross-stitch or how to win at Smash Brothers. Yeah, honestly, if you had a Smash Brothers club, kids would come. That would be lit. That would be do so lit. Do kids still say lit? They, they do, they do. Is, am I on Pleek? Uh, they don't say that one anymore. Leet? Um, uh, okay, so yeah, that that I think was our biggest failure this year, as it as collectively as as educators. The social aspect. The social aspect failed. Um, what else was I surprised about, but in a bad way? A lot of cheating occurred this year. Uh, so, you, you've got some stories. <laughs> so, the the cheating aspect um, for me in my subjects, it's really hard. For a child to cheat in guitar and piano because we're learning from a very specific text and the songs are very specific and arranged in a very specific way as as for math teachers or science teachers or I, I feel like it's maybe easier for a student to cheat in those subjects and so I think I saw less engagement this semester because the students couldn't easily cheat on my subject and mm. so some kids just did none of the work because they realized they couldn't fake their way through it I did have some students that tried to pass off other videos as theirs and it would be very interesting to hear yeah. like a professional level version of a song and a student pretending to be playing that where they would only show their hands, the hands of the, the YouTube video they stole it from, or they would only show their face, and you couldn't see their hands, but you're hearing this amazing shredding happening. Yeah, that's my experience with cheating. Would you, would you say your experience was different? Uh, well, and, and mine is, because you can watch the video and be like, those are a Caucasian female's fingernails, you are an Asian male. Like that is not. Well, I, I showed you. I yeah, showed you an example that of that video. It's like video. this is clearly and and we were immediately able to find the YouTube video yes. that it was stolen from, and that's that just blew my mind. It's like child, if you're gonna <laughs> cheat, cover your tracks. Yeah, try find the most harder. obscure source. Not not that I would encourage someone to cheat, but well, but what I'll tell you is this: like I in the the first seventy five percent of the school year. I created all my own tests. Yeah. And it was exhausting. And I also talked to some more experienced AP World teachers in the district. And they said, Corey, stop creating your own tests. Just use the tests from the college board. And I ultimately, you know, followed their advice. And as soon as I started using college board tests, there was a whole lot more perfect scores from mm. my students. And... You know, maybe the kids... and But, but here's the thing. I, I can't directly accuse kids of cheating. I can just compare how they did on the tests I made and then the tests that the College Board provided. And it's like, oh, hey, that's a huge difference in your score. Um, 
and and also like with uh, essay writing this is this is my own problem like i encourage students at the beginning of the year to write essays as a group mm -hmm. and if we're doing it in class i can have these ways of making sure the students are equally participating right. and also when we eventually do tests students are doing them on their own but the group work is kind of to, to to prep them up and see how other kids do writing um but near the end of the year there were some students who i i made it quite clear in the assignment this is a solo essay but a couple times two kids turned in the same essay and they're like oh we worked on it together mr brown i'm like that's no longer an option for right. you we got to start weaning you away from that um, we're no longer allowed nice things. Yeah, like but there, there definitely, there definitely was some of that. And if I was in the classroom, I could have sorted that out a whole lot better. Yeah. Were there any predictions that we made before the school year started that did actually come true, though? Well, like things I, that we expected. I that took happened. some notes on our uh, episode fourteen, but here before I go into these notes, is there any any other things that we should just generally deep dive on? Um, I, I far more kids failed than I expected. This this year, I've had more F's than ever before. For me, it's more this semester than first semester i think as this has dragged on it's gotten worse it's gotten worse and um yeah i this is by far just the highest proportion yeah, of I, i've ever had i think the first quarter of the school year kids were like kind of okay with online learning for the most part a lot of students did the work passed the tests attended participated but as this has gone on less and less students consistently show up um, in each, in every one of my classes, I have one kid who just has straight missings across the board. Um, real sad. And, and another thing too, is I've been talking to students and more and more of them are just not excited about college or excited about life in general, life in general. And I think that's something you have to understand about teenage psychology, like this pandemic is already a huge memorable part of their lives. Oh, the defining. It's it's a defining part of their life. Time in their young. And life, yeah. a lot of them, it, it's almost it, when you tell them like kids, it's gonna get back to normal. It's gonna get better. Some of them, I don't think will believe us. Well, and for the kids that are maybe like freshmen, they don't know what a normal high school experience is. Yeah. And even some of our sophomores that were only on campus for like two thirds of the year. Yeah, it's going to be really interesting next year. It'll be an adjustment. And also, like, look, I'm going to deal with some freshmen in AP level stuff who are functionally still going to be like sixth graders, yeah. right? Because they missed out on like two years. Ugh. Ugh. Okay. Anyway, so let's let's go through uh, the uh, things that we predicted in episode 14. Uh, you and I had a long conversation about the difficulty of relationship building with students. Mm -hmm. Prediction affirmed. Check. Check. One one point for Corey and James. Um, I mean, but I'll, I will comment that some students who I had this year, I've never met in person. Mm -hmm. And they have told me that I'm the best teacher they've ever had. Well, that's so because like, you're legendary. Thanks. But... Look, that is a very small number of kids, however. Uh, but I was still surprised that that relationship building occurred at all. I, I will concur with the students that you are a very good educator. Having listened to the majority of your lessons from the adjacent room, your, your, your stuff is on point. <sighs> I try. I, try um, hard, I, would, I would concur with you, though, that there are people I've never met, students I've never met, that have a really good like working teacher-student relationship. Yeah. That I, I do hope at some point I can actually, you know, like meet them in hear person. their voice and see their face and be like, oh, you were you were really kick ass as a student this year. Nice. All right. Uh, another prediction we made was we predicted there'd be a lot of technical problems on the student end and the teacher end. Honestly, there wasn't as many as I expected. Uh, mostly just our uh, ability to take attendance from home. For some reason, our internet signal does not work with... Oh, yeah. 
And it was odd. Like, we had to so take attendance on my iPad. It would work on the iPad, but not on our computers. Yeah, that was weird. But we got around it. Um, mm. I still worry for some of those teachers that relied on the auto attendance taking. Because it was never consistent. It was never correct. So I went with my Google form. It was always it like 90% well. correct. And why I don't understand why that was the case. Why it would just ghost certain students from being picked up in the auto attendance. Um, but yeah, what I did was every day I had students fill out a Google form for attendance and I took the auto attendance from the Google meet and then I just merged both of yeah. them together. God bless Google apps for education though. I, yeah. my, my master's program was all about Google apps, but this is like, you know, half a decade ago. So this is like, as it was finally sort of codifying, thank God we had that in place for this event. Oh, yeah. I don't know how we would have gotten through it without. If we didn't have Google Suite and Canvas. Available to oh. every student and teacher for free. Yeah. Like, oh. Would have been rough. Good luck. Um, okay. Uh, we predicted that the older teachers at our school would struggle with the technology. I think that prediction is correct. Um I think it's it's correct every year and is just again yes yeah i i have heard from my students spies that there are some teachers who really did not bring their a game this year yeah speaking as an older teacher this is the <laughs> end of my 18th year of teaching wow. wow i've been teaching longer than my students have been alive um i picked up a lot of the stuff pretty quickly I hmm. I was okay with technology, but now I feel much more at ease with it. And I'm excited going into next year about taking the written test material and written worksheets I would normally have given out, which I didn't do this year because I, I just streamlined everything into playing tests. Um, I'm excited about figuring out ways to make those electronic and to mix up questions, doing question banks and such. I, I'm actually really looking forward to challenging myself to go digital as and paperless as much as possible. Yeah. Save the environment, yo. Yeah, going paperless, man, like you never have to worry about copies again and you can change your lesson on the fly. Well, and everything saves. Like yeah, you've got a permanent... Saves. Yeah, I don't and, want to make photocopies. And friends. also, when you can have these certain programs in Canvas that auto-grade student work and auto-put it into the uh, gradebook, like, magnifique. Yeah. Oh, yes. Less work for a teacher to do any day of my life. Um, all right, we also predicted that uh, you and I would have creative lesson designs, um, and I think we did, I mean, especially in your first Oh, uh, my, my first semester, I was, like killing it with yeah. elements of music and music history and listening to you do all of your simulations yeah those those some of them worked better online than in person yeah actually. i was i was very impressed with just the variety of content you provided your kids to like i think we both we both really killed it on that respect nice um we uh commented about the flipped classroom and i'm gonna keep it i'm gonna keep this idea that you watch my lectures at home on your own time, and when you come into school, we'll do some sort of engaging activity or skills lesson. For me, I'm going to hedge my bet and do both. Okay. So the kids can watch every single skill lesson at home. So all the stuff I recorded for this year, I'll have it on Canvas, and the kids can check out anything they missed. I think for me, I'm going to allow my kids to record any playing tests in the future and submit that. If they don't yeah. want to have to do it in person, I think is how I'm going to do that. Sure. Give kids choice. Why not? Yeah. Yeah. Great. Um, yeah. We predicted there'd be problems with student engagement. Hmm. Prediction affirmed. Check. Um, we predicted kids would be burned out. Uh, check, check. Very check. affirmed. Uh, we predicted... The administration doesn't really understand what the struggles we're facing in the digital classroom are. Absolutely confirmed. Well, did you did you have administrators actually watch you teach digitally? One class. 
I don't know that that ever happened to you once. I don't know. Because I, I didn't, you know, when you're teaching in this online setting, we have multiple screens each yes. going on. I've got kind of a split screen. And so I'm presenting half of my monitor screen and the chat is in the other half. And there were times where I also had my iPad running and I was literally trying to manage three different sources so it's entirely possible someone popped into my Google Meet and I just didn't see it. You never would have noticed that. I never, I would not have noticed, no. Yeah. Well, and did you have any issues with students trolling your class? No. I, I didn't either, I actually. was so, like, dropped the hammer on day one. I never allowed people into the Google Meet that were not, did yeah. not have the CCSD, CCSD. email identifiers and so i had no problems i heard about other yeah i heard people. some subs had some terrible days kids posting terribly inappropriate stuff in the google meets but I, it never happened to me did you see the tiktoks of the parents screaming at oh. each other through yeah that's that was from yeah. a school here in vegas oh gosh um, that you used to teach at uh <laughs> but uh that's another story or, well, I did see some TikToks of, like, naked parents in the periphery of the, the students' video cameras. Oh. So, yeah, there's, uh, you know, they put so much blame on the teacher, but uh, maybe one day we'll, we'll talk about what's going on at home. Um, okay, and uh, another thing is, uh, at the very end of episode 14, I made a very positive comment saying that, uh, as long as parents and administrators know we're trying our best, there's nothing bad that can happen to us. And look, neither of us, are, our careers aren't in jeopardy. But, uh, I mean, both of us have received some, some uh, remarks of dissatisfaction for our performances this year. Uh, you in regard for following directives, and me in regard for, I guess, offending a parent. Well, okay. So for me, it's it's confusing when you're asked to do something <laughs> on paper, and then you're yelled at for not also then doing it online. online. It's like, why did I take time to handwrite yeah. names and student numbers and grade? Why, um, why did you do it on paper at all? Because right? doing it online just seems much more organized. Yeah, I... Yeah. Um, hmm... But it's done now, so, you know, moving forward. Moving forward. Okay, so it looks like most of our predictions were more or less on the money. <laughs> yeah, I think we did a pretty good job of anticipating. I think... I'll, I'll just speak for myself in that um, my experience was a roller coaster and that I had to build... I think when it came down to it my classes like five or six different times just in trying to get ready for the year not knowing if we were going to be doing a semester only or if it was going to be this weird hybrid from day one and then eventually we realized okay we're just online and then like last minute I got the curveball of you're just doing music appreciation at the beginning of the year and then not knowing when we would be back because i th i think we maybe both anticipated at some point we'd be back in person well yeah last summer you and i both had the plan that the entirety of fall would be online yeah we accepted. even though they told us like oh we'll probably get back october 1st like, right. like you, know, you and i were like no no no, no. they're gonna do this for half a year and then it would make sense to possibly bring us back January 1st. And then once January rolled around, we were, we're like, still, still online. Uh, like, oh, my God. But then they, I, and I, I recall, it was really sudden, wasn't it? It was yeah. like, and in two weeks, school's going to reopen. We're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Right. And, uh, but then only seeing, like, a handful of kids in person. Yeah. So that, that was my biggest struggle was that. I prepped for piano and guitar all summer and made all these amazing videos. And then two weeks out, it's like, okay, now you're doing music appreciation. And so to have to completely 
rethink what I was, the content I was teaching, having to create all the content from scratch, and then having to do music history for quarter two. Like, I'm, I'm kind of impressed with myself that I didn't like go insane. And the content I created was pretty cool. Like, it was really engaging. And yeah. I, I'm super glad that I put my foot down and got instruments into the kids' hands for semester two. You know, the kids that stuck it out learned how to play the instrument they signed up for. And I got to use all the content that I created last summer. Thankfully, I sort of built a semester-long version of those classes when I thought it was maybe going to be a semester-long, last summer when we were told, told that. And so I was able to just kind of slot that in. So it worked out in the end for semester two. Semester two has been so much less stress hmm. than semester one. I was. cannot relate because <laughs> semester one, I prepared all these things. And then semester two... I was like, oh man, we're still online. <laughs> Gotta make the magic happen somehow. But the, be the beautiful thing for you is that you now have that content in perpetuity. And True. it's not like world history's gonna change. I mean, the college the college board does Call me crazy, but I think it it's, up. it's ancient history. Right. Well, I don't teach ancient, I teach ah. modern history. And there's all kinds of different ways to view the past. And oh, different perspectives. Different perspectives and all this stuff. So it's very possible I'll have to re-modify and mold things over time. But, I mean, at least it's, it's probably still going to be good for next year. So, hey, at least I have that. Um, Do you yeah. feel like you're a stronger teacher after going through this? Oh, that's a good question. I mean, I definitely have now the confidence to use Canvas and LMS. Um now, notice that I didn't say happier teacher. I'm not I'm happier. A stronger teacher. I probably am stronger, but but honestly, James, the reason why I like this job isn't for the money. Right. I like this job for building relationships and rapport with kids mm -hmm. and for inspiring kids. And this year was my lowest amount of that, despite every attempt I made. I feel like we probably speak for most educators when we say this is probably the hardest year. Yeah. Um, because all of the enjoyable parts... Of teaching were taken away from us. Just like for our kids, though. Just we're, like for We're the in kids. the same boat. Yeah. And I hope, I hope people can take perseverance and grit and stick-to-itiveness away from this year. And it, I feel like I'm going to be stronger as an individual, having lived through this and survived, you know, the teaching aspect and just the day-to-day, -day, like, I made it through, I'm fully vaccinated. Yeah. I, I can see my family and friends, I can hug people again, like... Well, and I think, honestly, if you just put it down on, like, a spreadsheet and it's, like, James Kapersky... January 2019 versus James Kapersky, January uh, 2021. I mean, I think in so many ways, you're better off. Okay, right? You... Well, and even like May 2021 to January 2021, like I, my whole physical being has changed. My mindset has changed. Homeowner, that's cool. Yeah, like you know, I moved like... into a brand new house that we built from scratch in the yeah. middle of a pandemic. Yeah, you know <laughs> and you know i i think that the future is bright i i think that some kids have veered off the track but we can get them back on it's going to take time to get everyone back to kind of where we were but hopefully we don't just settle for that we take mm. what we've experienced and we try to modify and make it better. Yeah. Well, and and I have learned from the pandemic that if you don't give students a reason to go to school, they won't go to school. Right. Like, and 
for so many of them, that reason is my friends and the activities that inspire me and define me. Um, And I really would hope that uh, administrators and the school district people on high put a lot more effort into student activities and student engagement. That's that's the thing we lacked this year, and that's why the grades suffered so much. I, I truly hope we all begin to appreciate each other and the time and effort that we're putting in to help all of us come together. Say, this definitely has sh- shown a light, bright spotlight on exactly what you said, like the reason kids are successful in school. And that's having that reason to be. Well, and here's here's a concept that I want to bring up that you and I have talked about. It's there are students who, if COVID never happened, probably would have you know passed this year with flying colors, straight A's, all that, college bound. But because of this COVID crisis. And these students then lack of motivation and education and they failed classes. Like, I think these kids don't understand that there's going to be long term ramifications because they failed classes this year. Right. It's a permanent mark on their record. Yeah. Like you're not going to Stanford with an F in AP World History. Um, and I, I just think there's a lot of kids that are like, oh, it's the pandemic. It's not serious. Yeah, it doesn't matter. This is like a permanent vacation. Well, and we didn't, we didn't do any, our students any favors at the end of last year. Correct. When we were completely unprepared for this scenario and we were told to just make sure kids are okay, which was good. Like having that social interaction was great, but we basically froze kids grades where they were and we just said you don't have to do anything you're gonna pass and then to try and get them back to like learning mindset in that still in that virtual setting these kids just couldn't make that flip some of them couldn't some couldn't yeah no there there really have been kids that have been checked out now for what 15 months I, f- I feel horrible for the little ones. I don't know. You know, I have friends in elementary school, and they, they have been more successful than we have, honestly. Oh, I, I don't doubt it. I just, I, I think it's, as far as that person-to-person aspect, oh, though, the yeah. kids need to play and, like, oh. be on the playground together and be in PE. And I just, yeah, I, I'm worried what long-term ramifications and... I, I hesitate to use the term scars, but what we might see in the future from this year and a half absence. Oh yeah, they they will certainly do studies on like test scores and other yeah. things, and it'll it'll be a dip. Let me tell you. Yeah. Huh. All right. Well, you got any other uh, other ideas, James? I remain optimistic. Okay. That. We're going to grow from this experience. I can't wait to see students in person. Yes. And I'm I'm really excited that next year I'll get to teach some freshman studies, which I've had the pleasure of building that curriculum in the past. And I know that you and I are working together to help make it happen. Um, I really enjoy teaching those sort of life skills and mm. helping kids figure out what they want to do with their life and learning how to work in teams and how to stand up and just present themselves like i'm really excited for that challenge um, of revisiting curriculum i got to build many years in the past Um, i'm also excited to just be around my colleagues again you know we all have our kind of circles at school and I have a group of friends that aren't in my department that I eat lunch with every day and I just get to have that adult conversation of like hey you're building a new house or you're working out at such and such gym and let me bring you some cookies like I I I've missed 
my work family so much. And I'm really grateful to you that you've tolerated having to work with me day in and day out. Um, right next door, listening to me play guitar and whatnot. But um, yeah, I, I really appreciate having had you here to rely on and help oh, yeah. get through. And just to have someone see the insanity when it would happen and also to be your sounding board like it it having you here has helped me get through this year i don't understand how people could have survived living alone during Completely the pandemic in isolation yeah uh, yeah no and I, i've talked to some people who've done it and they're like oh it was rough i'm like do you need like therapy or something because yeah, yeah, yeah. you really got to be able to talk to another human being yeah in the person. first the first month of this when i was teaching from home and living on my own i was rough mm. not being able to like leave the house and just being on my own but thankfully got roommates and you know just got to talk to other adults again yeah it's nice yeah that's yeah yeah but uh yeah I have every confidence the world will return to normal, man. I think we figured it out. Post-COVID world. I'm excited. Huzzah. All right. Well, thanks for listening to this episode of the Modern Educator Podcast. If you have any questions, you can send me an email at vegasmoderneducator at gmail.com. Thanks a lot.